now will never come again. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. I'm glad to be here and ready to discuss some Star Trek. Right. Star Trek Picard. We're trying a, a little bit different format for the podcast, discussing some specific shows in singular episodes. We'll see what people think of them. And so we figured we would start with Star Trek Picard. Now, the season hasn't um, ended yet. Season, the Season one has not ended. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss the first three episodes, which is sort of like the first third of the show since it's a 10 episode season and then when it wraps we will have another episode to follow up on the entire season and how it turned out so i think what i want to go to first is what your just your first reaction to star trek picard was and for those who may not be watching it it airs on um cbs all access the streaming platform what did you think I felt like it it did a really good job of bringing me back into the universe or at least the the TNG Voyager universe of Star Trek since we've been away from that universe for at roughly what, we're looking at about 18 years since the last uh, next generation movie came out which I believe was Nemesis and so I think that opening sequence where you have Picard and Data where they're just drinking and, and, and playing 3D chess it it just made me just really just go back to like 25 years ago when I was a kid watching Next Generation except obviously you can physically see where they're, the actors are older right and the special effects are a hell of a lot better. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely just gorgeous. You can literally freeze the screen and just stare at that, 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 um, the, where they showed the enterprise and just out in space. It just absolutely looks gorgeous. It's something you can, uh, screen capture. It, it's just a gorgeous show to look at, but very easy to just bring you back in to to this universe. My first thought was having Patrick Stewart back on my TV is just comforting. There is something about having him on my TV in his very... I wouldn't say English, because obviously he doesn't really have a heavy English accent, but there's just something comforting about having... Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard on my TV as this reassuring presence, you know that in the end it's going to be okay because regardless what happens, he's there. Now, the premise of the season is we find out that he's dying, and so this is his like one last mission, which I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work since it's already been renewed for a second season. We'll see what happens with this like 
il- his his diagnosis. We'll see how that evolves over the next couple seasons. Maybe, maybe it will be like uh, Battlestar Galactica with Rosalind and um, her issues just get progressively worse, but they figure out a way to keep it going for as many seasons as it did. On this season, we have a cast of characters. We have uh, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, We are introduced to Allison Pills, Dr. Agnes Girardi. We have Isa, and forgive me because I'm not going to be able to pronounce this uh, very well, Briones as Dodge and Soji. Um, we are introduced to Narek. We, as you mentioned, we got to see Data again with Brent Spiner, which was wonderful. And we have or- Orla Brady as Laris. Now, I'm... As the crew for his new adventure came together, I was like, okay, this is very interesting. And now I know that because of the fact that we're only discussing the first three episodes, we won't get to the introduction of Elnor, who sort of rounds out the team. I'm so, But if we want to, we can touch on him briefly, even though we're not going to really describe that episode too much. But I was really impressed with the casting. I thought that the way they brought the disparate characters together... What was your reaction to how these, how the team came together, the introduction of new characters, and the return of some familiar faces? So, you know, I I think I like how you more or less are introduced to new characters um, gradually. So it's not a... All at once. They're not all at once. And they're... and it really works with kind of the speed of the progression of the sh- the show, because like you said, this this first arc, these first three episodes are really, you know, the first three chapters of a novel, more or less. Right. And my feeling is because we only know Jean Luc, we know Data. We we eventually learn about his daughters. Pretty much everybody else at this juncture is brand new but at the same time um some of these it feels like we should know them um for instance orla bradley's alaris i in my mind i was like well is that somebody i missed because i had to like do some googling and i'm like did she was this character on on a previous star trek uh a next generation episode or referenced in like nemesis or something and i'm like no it's a totally new character and in fact you get a bit more introduction about that character uh laris and 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 zabin in like this uh prequel comic book series that idw has that comes out that kind of like fills out the gaps a little bit and and so i i like that but the one thing i do feel like we needed i feel feel like we needed like another character besides data who only appears in flashbacks that we know to kind of help a little bit with the transition especially when we get to like the the second episode um and it's a lot of flashbacks um I just feel like we we needed a little bit of more another familiar face I think would have helped but overall I liked how it's moving given that we're looking at this as it's not episodic it's you know it's a long form piece of storytelling 
Before we get too much further, I guess we should just give the proverbial spoiler warning. We will be discussing plots. So if you haven't watched and you're planning on watching and don't want to be spoiled, you should probably stop now. The central premise of the season is the fact that Dodge and Soji are Data's daughters. And one of and Dodge is killed in the pilot and the the rest of the season is Jean-Luc Picard racing to try and get to Soji before she is also killed off by the Romulans Tal Shiar super secret assassins. Now, I will straight up admit that for the like putting all cards on the table, I enjoy the Star Trek um series, but I'm not a hardcore trekker. I <clears throat> Captain Janeway, I loved her. I did not watch as many um episodes of Next Gen Gen, but I've always loved the Star Trek world. And I've actually liked the Romulans because they're so literal and I'm very literal myself. I I appreciate that. <laughs> um I was curious as to whether or not you had seen the Tal Shiar show up in previous iterations of the Star Trek mythos, whether it be film or small screen. It's, trust me, as far as I know, this is a new concept. They're, they're, um, and really, truly, you know, we really, I think that like, like um, Star, uh, Star Trek Discovery, and uh, which focuses on Klingon culture and really this ex- deep examination of Klingon culture. We're we're getting that in Picard, uh, the equivalent, I mean, of the Romulan culture. So, from, and I've been looking at different sources and so forth. But I really feel like th- this business with the Tal Shiar is is new territory. And you know, if I'm wrong, you know, you know, please forgive me. I have, you know, I. I haven't read that many Star Trek uh, Next Generation novels, so they could have popped up in one of those novels. But from my recollection, from my internet search in terms of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager episodes, I'm the, the Tal Shiar is 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 new. This is a new concept for. So we find out that Soji is actually on the Borg cube that is a a Romulan reclamation project. And now Jean-Luc, Captain Picard, and his team have to get there to try and rescue Soji before she's killed. It also turns out that Narek, a Romulan on the cube who has basically been seeing Soji is a spy and is trying to get information from her. What did you think of the way that the Borg cube was used? What did you think of the way that Romulans having access to it the way they are as a reclamation project? What did you think of that element? Well, I, I think if if you're go, again if you're gonna go down this pathway of a of a Captain Picard or excuse me of just Picard Star Trek show, you gotta have the board. I mean that was just one of the quintessential aspects that made Star Trek Next Generation the beloved show that it is. I mean, I if you if you haven't watched I Borg in a long time, you need to go back and watch that. I mean, when John Luke becomes Locutus, you know, um, 
just powerful stuff. But you know, the story. This story again is of a man at a certain point in his life. You know, he is. You know, he's trying to clean up messes and you know come to terms with you know um, tie up some loose ends and old relationships. Naturally, you you would want to revisit the Borg because that was a fundamental part of his life, especially when he was captain of Next Generation. And how many movies have there been in which the Borg came back in some way, shape, or form? The Borg are almost, yeah. You can't can't really have Star Trek, Picard era without the Borg. You just can't. It's like babies and pacifiers. I mean, like, but, um, but when it comes to the Romulans, and again, for, for Picard, you know, especially when we, if again, you look at, you know, that last movie, Nemesis, you know, the main villain was, you know, if I remember, you know, um, Tom Hardy's character, he was half human, half, half Romulan. He was related, you know, he was like Picard's, you know, son or something. I mean, just, he was genetically related to Picard. So, you know, again, they, they're intertwining these, these aspects of Picard together. So, so to so to bring this together, and and what you know, you could kind of call it a Don Quixote kind of quest. I mean, I, I mean, because everybody's looking at him like he's a crackpot basically, and um, but he's he's off on this quest, and I think it's brilliant to be perfectly honest. Um, it's almost it, it just like really Logan, makes sense. It's almost like Logan in space minus the claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, it's, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, he's ex- essentially, you know, this is like the Logan version of a- Xavier, more or less, you know, except, you know, yeah, yeah it, it, except, you know, he probably has more of his faculties about him than Xavier did in, in the movie Logan. True, true. Which Patrick Stewart is in both properties. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you look at the first three episodes, it's almost as like as if it's a three-hour pilot. What did you think of the overall arc? What did you think of what left? Now, granted, we've all we've watched a, a several episodes past that because that's how just the recording has worked. But what did you think of how that those first three played out when you were watching them? What caught your attention most? in terms of making you want to see more. Well, really, and I think I I have to credit uh, CBS All Access and, um, you know, the CBS Viacom family for how they've been promoting this. And it's part it's partially somewhat of a double edged sword, because remember, at the end of the first episode, they you know, they have, you know, the sequence where coming up on Picard this season on Picard or whatever, and they show you not just clips of episode two or even episode three. I mean, they're, they're jumping ahead to, you know, four, five, six and beyond probably. I mean, there's, there's a clip or two I, I, that we haven't even encountered if, if you're up to date on the show. Um, so it got me, got my appetite, whetted my appetite for the, for future episodes. The problem was, when you get to the second episode, you know, the, it, it's they've built up this momentum. Then you suddenly uh, you have this flashback that shows the um, synthetic uprising on Mars. 
and all the things that they were discussing um, in in the in the first in the pilot that we'd kind of missed in between Star Trek Nemesis and now, and it kind of took me it took me it took me a little while to rebound from that. I think the I, information I was essential. I, I agree. I thought that the uprising was. I get why it was so like it's I get why it was important to include from a backstory standpoint. Mm-hmm. I just was sort of wondering if it was if it well as you pointed out it took from the stride of the like the momentum but it seemed like it occupied a lot of time just for backstory premise. It, it's so it's interesting cuz I you know and and one of the things I think that helped me kind of come to terms or, or be a little bit more at ease with the inclusion of these flashbacks to the uprising um, in episodes two and three was I listened to a Picard podcast that uh, Deadline it does with the um, the creators and the director, and they kind of explain you know why they felt the need to include this information you know at at this time period because you you truly in, in reality you know you end with you know uh, with the, in the pilot if you ended essentially with narc uh meet soji boom you jump sp- directly into picard in, in episode two you jump into picard uh, going through Dodge's apartment, you know, and it kind of speeds up things. So, you know, he gets, he meets um, the other members of his crew quicker. You know, it doesn't feel like you're losing that pace. And these flashbacks could have come later on. Uh, maybe even, you know, episode five or six or something like that. Uh, but, but by including it, sooner you know it it does you know it does kind of help you bridge again that that you know what essentially is like almost 20 years in 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 story history from the last uh, from star trek nemesis all the way to picard so i mean it it does a good job it just it just the way it was presented just kills the momentum one of the other subplots in the season was the fact that um we in addition to finding Soji, they're also looking for uh, Bruce Maddox, who is a scientist who helped develop the synthetics. He, he um, Agnes Girardi, Dr. Agnes Girardi, worked for him for an extended period of time. It's Finding him is one of the reasons why she joins up, or so we're led to believe. Uh, other stuff happens later on, which I cannot wait to discuss when the season is over. But that arc, what did you think of their search for Maddox? Because it definitely, I feel that it definitely, um, it definitely gave me a different insight into Dr. Girardi that I was not expecting to have based on like early on. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. Now, in terms of Bruce Maddox, I mean, his, his, and I'm not sure how much how much do you know about Bruce Maddox and 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 his in the role he has played prior to Picard in, in the Star Trek I'm universe. Not. 
Okay, and, so Bruce Banner, he is an he's a, he's in T uh, Star Trek Next Generation character. Um, he was at the Daystrom Institute. He worked with uh, Data's creator. Okay. Um, and in Next Gen, he was pushing for Data to be, uh, you know, taken apart and examined. He was jealous of Data's creator um, and wanted to kind of figure out how could Data and Data's, you know, his brother, Lore, how they were created. So it's nice when you're talking about synthetics, you you bring it back to this this key character, you know, from, from the TNG series, you know, and it's nice that he builds upon, you know, in order to create, you know, uh, in order for Dodge and Soji to, to um, be birthed, you know, he, he, he has a hand in this. And, and so it's, it's really nice how, how they're, how they're incorporating so much old Star Trek history in, into this series. And how did, how, how, what, what was your first impressions of Girardi? You know, I wasn't really sure what to make of her. And, and again, I got the impression, you know, I was hoping, at least from the get-go, she would definitely be a, a somewhat of a confidant to Picard and someone that he can have those kind of conversations about synthetics that he could he can't really have with others because, you know, that is her field of expertise because it's clear as day, you know, he misses data. And, you know, he has he, he wants to have a bond with someone who understands and appreciates his love of synthetics. And 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 uh but as a character, I, I think she's I wouldn't she initially to me comes across a little milk toast. And it's always but, the milk toast ones who end up being well, I'm not trying to spoil it, but um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just put it this way. When you start out as milk toast, there's lots of room for evolution. Yeah. But you know, it, it's and and Allison Pill, you know, she she's you know she's played like interesting characters and um and a lot of her characters I, I think in some ways there's some they start off one way and then evolve into something else and she she does a really good job of of sort of leading you to to that evolution so when when that when that turn comes you know, it does. It always hits you, and and it and it really does su- surprise you when that change within whatever character she's playing occurs. We couldn't um, f- wrap up this episode without discussing Raffi, who I absolutely love. I am a sucker for a drunk on television, and not that she's necessarily a drunk per se. But she definitely uses alcohol to soothe her spirit, shall we say. The character is portrayed by Michelle Hurd. What did you think of her introduction? What did you think of her interaction with Picard? The way that she was introduced, I was like, 
boy, they have a long history. I need to go back and do some refreshing. And then I look, went back and I was like, oh, this is a new character. The, but the way the way it was the, it set up was, damn, they have tons and tons of history. Yeah, I mean that 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 chemistry that the, between the two the two actors, I mean, was just just wonderful. You could you can literally see that history. You could see that they have history. The moment Picard gets off of that uh, that cab and shows up. <laughs> up in her trailer you know and she it's like literally it's like well damn she's gonna pull a she's gonna pull a big ass phaser sorry, phaser out and just blow him away i mean like it's i i'm really appreciate and that's one of the things that i in the third episode where they do have the flashback to really fill out and inform viewers about their relationship to me, that flashback did not kill momentum. Um, I it agree. It really enhanced things. It it really provided a nice shorthand for you know the, the adventures these two have. So you do feel like okay, so there was Picard bonded with someone after Data, after everybody from the Enterprise moved on. You know, in his future, his 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 adventures post Nemesis. You know, he. He had a new, I wouldn't necessarily say call her his number one, but he had a new close confidant on whatever ship he was on. And it was really nice to see that shorthand. And hopefully we will get more episodes that provide those kind of flashbacks. Because in my head, I'm just kind of wondering what kind of other kind of adventures did they have when they were when they were in outer space together? I almost wish this is when we could have time travel so that we could go back and actually watch that season of whatever it was that took place. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, this could very easily be a sh- uh, that could be a whole separate spinoff show of Picard. Um, the problem is, is we can't really do young Picard because. Patrick Stewart was relatively young when on Next Gen by comparison to what he is now. We can't go back prior to Next Gen. Well, well, see, but see, for, for my feeling is with their relationship is it takes place post. I know. Next, yeah, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like you can't go back in time to try and like... We, I, the the CGI budget for whatever would ha- need to take place to make Patrick Stewart look younger to be able to like sort of fit him in between the two series would be too costly. Co- it would be cost prohibitive. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, and I think they're already spending like a, a real nice chunk of change on their CGI because again. The fight oh, scenes look wonderful. The fight scenes, the cinematography, everything about it. They spared no expense on Picard. None. Yeah, none. It, it, it's not cheap at all. It And it visually fits the the sort of um, the style of Discovery. Yes. So it's it, so so it, there's it, a continuity. Not, yeah, there's no jarring when you watch you watch Picard and you watch Discovery, you know, they look of a a certain type of show of a certain type of era, just like all those next gen, uh, Deep Space Nine, a Voyager. They all looked like they 
more or less came about during the same era. It, it's it, it, like I, but like you said, they spared no expense on the CGI. <laughs> well, um, any final t- takeaways for the first three episodes? As I said, we're going to do like a full season discussion um, after it wraps on March 26th. So, um, but what are your takeaways overall from the first three episodes? Well, uh, really, I'm glad that, you know, we spent time with Picard on Earth getting, you know, at, at, at his winery, at, 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 at his, uh, the Picard winery, at, his, um, vineyard. Um, his vineyard, excuse thank you, his vineyard, you know, among the grapes. Chateau uh, Picard. Chateau Picard, yes. Um, and that, you know, we've moved away from that. And, you know, again, we, we're going... We've we've left the first, you know, third of this novel, and we've moved on, and we're moving on in the outer space back into what I really where I feel like Picard is most comfortable. When these Earthbound stories on on uh, Next Gen, I, I just they never quite worked for me. It just feels like Picard needs to be in a spaceship in outer space, doing stuff. Okay, well. Um... As I said, the thing for me about Star Trek Picard, and I said it at the beginning, and it's been this way the entire way through all the episodes that have thus far aired, even though we haven't didn't discuss them. In a time of tumult, in a time of chaos, there is just something comforting and reassuring about Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard on my television that is like everything will be all right (laughs) and for me that it's like comfort food it's almost like watching the Will and Grace season um, from its return like the last couple seasons where they came back after it came back it's almost like that in terms of comfort food it just takes you to a better time to a better place when things were not what they are today in our normal society and i love it i i and i'm it's making me almost look forward to star trek discovery even though the connection between the two series there really isn't any any other than the fact that it's star trek but i can't wait to see more we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Mo, where can they find you? They can find me at Mo 77 on Twitter. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. So long, everybody.